0: Well, good morning. Welcome. Good morning. Glad to see you guys here today. We're wrapping up a series called My House. And it's been a series about how to lead our family spiritually. I will tell you, uh, next week we're kicking off a new series called Under Pressure, how to deal with the stresses and pressures in life. Nothing like getting your kids up and ready for school for the first time to, to bring your blood pressure up a little bit. So uh, right on time for that. But today we're going to uh, look at the last message of My House and the recap uh, three weeks ago what we said is if we're going to lead anyone spiritually then you and I ought to be growing spiritually, and we looked at that relationship that we are all cultivating with God and how to grow in that, and then two weeks ago, we looked at what leading from the front looks like, that as spiritual leaders in the home, that we have to get a rope and pull people sometimes, and uh, apply a little bit of pressure in order to lead them where we know God wants them to be, and so the application for that was to be in church together as a family honoring the Sabbath. You guys did that today. That's cool. Check that one off. And then last week we talked about leading from the side, that there's certain things as spiritual leaders we can't force someone else to believe or to love God. But, but leading from the side means we create an environment and a culture in our home where um, they're drawn to the heart of God. And we want our kids to love God for who He is and what He's done for us. And so today we're going to wrap it up. Uh, a little differently, because all that sounds like work, right? Like getting them to church and and making sure they're trying to read their Bibles, all all that's work. It's work worth doing, but it's work, right? But you know how the saying goes, all work and no play, and then there's like 15 different innings to that. (laughs) Basically, all means is bad. All work and no play is no good. And so as a family, what we're going to look at today is how do we be a family that learns play together. I believe this is just as important as leading from the front or leading from the side or growing personally in your spiritual walk with God is learning how to celebrate and have joy in the home. It's just as important. Now, uh, we entitled this message, Getting Lit Together. (laughs) Getting lit. I should say it getting lit. Something like that. Let me translate. For everyone over 30, that means having fun together, all right? My kids named this one, so uh, you're welcome. Thank you. We're going to talk about getting lit together. It's going to be good. So we're going to look at a couple festivals from the Old Testament Scripture because the Jewish people passed their faith along from generation to generation, and the means by which God did that is through the festivals, And so we're going to look at two of them today. And the first one is found in Leviticus 23, and it's about getting lit. Pretty cool. It says, The Lord said to Moses, say to the Israelites, On the first day of the seventh month, you are to have a day of Sabbath rest, a sacred assembly commemorated with trumpets, with trumpet blast. Do no regular work, but present a food offering to the Lord. He says, listen, get the trumpets out And I I wish we had a trumpet player. Maybe we do. I just didn't know you. And for 30 times in a row, they would blast the trumpet, one of the Jewish writers said. And it was a wake-up call to the people of Israel to say, hey, it's a new year. And it's also a, a time to prepare ourselves for three successive festivals in the Jewish calendar that were meant as a celebration unto God. In fact, one commentator says it was a feast of joyous sounds. This festival of trumpets is what it was called. It was a feast of joyous sounds to awaken a nation's disposition by means of festive blowing. It was meant to get everybody excited about their faith, excited about the fact that God in the past year had provided for all their needs. And as they had brought in the harvest, that God had been faithful once again. And it was a time of celebration that God was good and faithful. It was also a recognition that in the coming year that, hey, God, we are dependent on you once again. And would you provide for your people anew? That's what this festival of trumpets was all about. It was actually the first of three festivals in one month. Uh, trumpets, then the Day of Atonement, and then we're going to see a little bit in, in a minute here later in the service, this festival of, of um, tabernacles were all shoved together in one month. It's kind of like our month of May, right? Month of May is crazy. I don't see most of y'all in the month of May because <laughs> you got Mother's Day and you got to go see mom and love on mom or grandma and everybody gets together and eats and it's awesome. Then you got end of school year, everything. Whew, I'm tired of thinking about it. And then you got graduations, which is wonderful that we celebrate. And then you got Memorial Day and you're like back with family. You're like, don't we just see y'all like five times? Like, what are we eating together again? I don't know. It's like the month of May. It was a busy time. But listen, it was supposed to be a fun time. A fun time that God, when He says, "When you come and you worship Me, I want you to come with a celebrative spirit and have fun doing it." And now, I know some of you are looking at me like God and fun, that, like that, that. doesn't that doesn't seem right. Like that's not those are, those two aren't supposed to go together. I think part of that is because there's been too many grouchy preacher guys that take every ounce of fun out of it, and it's supposed to be fun, joyous. Celebrative. Blasting of the trumpets, blasting of the electric guitars will do. Not bad. So as we look through the these this festival and the other the other one we're gonna look at through the lens of the family, you know what that tells us? We are to celebrate as families. Our families are supposed to be places of fun and celebration and blowing the trumpets and, and enjoying each other, having fun together, getting lit. How am I doing? My kids are like dads. Getting lit together. I won't dab. That's, I won't dab. That's, that's crossing the line I've learned. You know, this all work and no play, that applies to our families. I mean, it's true in business, and, but it's, it's certainly true in our homes. And can I tell you, I need this reminder, this festival of trumpets is a reminder to me because if you know me very well, I'm very task-oriented. We had a work day here yesterday, and I was all about the task. And there's my wife, and she's fun. She's awesome. She's spontaneous. She wears Snoopy shirts. Uh, She likes the things the kids like. She stays up late with them. She's fun. And here's me. (laughs) And we need that in our homes to, to celebrate together. So here's my first point. If you want to lead your family well spiritually, take time to celebrate together. Take time to celebrate together. Because I believe this, a family that plays together stays together. A family that plays together stays together. Man, when you are when you're go into five different rooms and watching TV and there's never any fun together, man, we're missing out. And that, part of that is the glue that keeps a family together is when we play together and enjoy each other's company. You know, this idea of trumpets was used in the past. And we're going to look in Numbers chapter 10. And God says, with well, this idea of blowing trumpets wasn't a new idea of celebrating. In fact, this is what it says. We're going to take some value out of this passage. It says, when you go to battle... In your own land against the enemy who is oppressing you, sound a blast on the trumpets. Then you will be remembered by the Lord your God and rescued from your enemies. Also, your times of rejoicing, your appointed festivals and new moon feasts, you are to sound the trumpets over your burnt offerings and fellowship offerings, and they will be a memorial for you before your God. I am the Lord your God. They were told to blow the trumpets in festive fun and celebration. And there are two specific instances I want to point your attention to in that passage. He says, first of all, you need to learn to celebrate the uh, successful moments in your life. In that passage, it said you sound the trumpets and then you'll be rescued from your enemies. When you have a moment like that where God works and there's something worth celebrating, you need to celebrate that. We need to celebrate that. Now, in our world... The, that looks like birthdays, and anniversaries, and uh, graduations, and, and then when, when our kids have achievements in their lives, and they, they do good in a, uh, athletics, or the arts, or academics, man, we get plaques, and trophies, and uh, award uh, certificates, all kinds, ribbons, and all, I mean, you know, they're everywhere. Well, that's good. We should celebrate those things, right? They're worth celebrating, You know, I've noticed that um, when you have a a victory in your life and something worth celebrating, there's very few people that genuinely get excited about a success you have in your life. There's just not that many that go, man, I'm so, they are genuinely happy for you and they're happy because you're happy. There's not that many people in our lives, but in a family, we ought to have that. When your kids have a success, when your family member has a success, they ought to know uh, their special achievement is special in your eyes, too. And you cheer them on, and you're so thrilled for them. It means the world for them to know, hey, at least mom and dad think this is something worth celebrating. And so we blow the trumpets. Man, that's awesome. You knocked it out of the park. That fourth, uh, that fourth place finish was awesome. Maybe. That participation trophy is great. No, I'm just kidding. We blow the trumpet when when there's a successful moment in their lives. But I also want to point to this idea. It's not just about athletics and the arts and academics and achieving those things. Well, that's all good. I mean, we celebrate when somebody's strong physically or fast or something like that, or they got a sharp mind, or they work hard, or they got a great talent, and all that's worth celebrating. But we also ought to be celebrating their character when they have a moment when they do the right thing and they show good godly character. It's not a heart, th- it's not a, a body thing or a mind thing. That it's a heart thing, and they have a good heart, or they show a gentle spirit, or a kind spirit, or a heart yielded to God. Man, those are things worth celebrating together. I can tell you a couple of instances. We just, we just. Oh, lavish praise on our kids. One, Dane was on the bus and um, these guys were passing a vape around. Sneaking in, the bus driver couldn't see and they're passing this vape and they try to pass it to Dane and Dane's like, I'm not doing it. And he comes home and he says, listen, they told me the whole story and we're like, dude, that's awesome, man. You crushed it. I'm so proud of you that you didn't do what the guys were pressuring you to do because you didn't want to go there. That's a big deal and we celebrate it. And then um, Shay had a had a classmate who she noticed was feeling down, was being left out uh, in lunch and stuff. And so she had texted this friend and, and encouraged them. And so she said, the next day I went and I sat with her at lunch. And I wanted her to know that she had a friend. I'm like, that's... It, it is a... Does, isn't that better than a trophy? Isn't that better than achieving something? To know that a heart is soft and tender to the needs and the, and the well-being of other people. Man, that's worth celebrating for a mom and a dad to go, well done. Man, you're, you're majoring on the major things in life. Man, you get it. You are, God has been working your life. And I just want to praise you for letting God work through you like that. Isn't that good? It's awesome. I'm a proud papa. So we celebrate these successful moments in our life, but we also celebrate spiritual milestones in their life. We, we ought to be the, the number one fans. When your kids make a spiritual decision or, or uh, you know, something like accepting Christ, when they open their heart up to the living God and say, I know that I'm a sinner and I need forgiveness. So I'm inviting Jesus into my life that he might save me, forgive me, come into my life and make me new. I want to be his. I want to live for him. Man, the world ought to stop like Superman going the wrong way around the earth, right? And just Stop. Everything put on hold, and you celebrate that the greatest decision your child can make. And man, there ought to be a party thrown for that. Baptism, the same way, you ought to throw a party and just celebrate. Not only do they know Jesus, they want to live for him and proclaim that to everyone that they know. Man, I'm going to live for Jesus. Man, we celebrate those life-changing decisions. But i tell you, when it comes to spiritual milestones, I don't think it has to be a... Just a huge event like that, here's, here's what I also think we ought to celebrate. When your kid gets up and reads their Bible, man, you celebrate that. Man, I'm so proud of you for doing that. You got up early to spend time with God. Man, I'm just, I'm just so pumped that your faith means something to you. When they want to go to church, man, we ought to celebrate that. It ought to motivate us to get going, right? When they want to give to the offering, it doesn't matter if it's a quarter or a nickel, you celebrate that. When it's your quarter or nickel, that's okay. Um, when they want to invite people, when they want to serve in this church, when they want to be a part of the youth group, any of that, man, we ought to celebrate that and say, that is good. I'm so glad God is working in your heart to want to obey Jesus in those ways. That's great spiritual leadership when we affirm those things in our kids' lives. You know why it's so important? If you want your kids to make decisions like that, to run with the right crowd and to serve God and to live for Him and get to know Him, if you want them to make those decisions the rest of their life, you better celebrate them right now. You know why? Because you will replicate what you celebrate. You will always replicate what you celebrate. Whatever you lift up and reward and say this is good and you praise, those are the things that every, not every one of us, not just our kids, will want to do over and over and over again. We're like Pavlov's experiment. I got corrected in the first service. I thought it was mice. They told me it was a dog, dogs they did this with. But he trained. Is that right? Boy, I need to go back to school. The dogs, <laughs> he trained them to go to the bell and ring the bell. And when the bell rang, they would get a reward. And so they learned the behavior he wanted because they were rewarded. Because we are no different. You're no, I'm a dog and you're a dog. I'm a jacket. But I'm a this one, I'm a dog. I had to put that in there we will respond to the rewards. And when we have people cheering us on and saying that is the right path, that is the way you should go, man, I'm so proud of you. Let's go get ice cream. Let's go celebrate. Let's take time to just just rejoice in what God's doing in your life. When we affirm the things of God in our family's life, they will follow in line and do them over and over again. Now, Spiritual markers come in all kinds of forms, these spiritual milestones, and so I'm going to ask uh, Frank and Gabrielle and, and the two grandkids to come on up here. They, she asked me yesterday if we could do a baby dedication, and I thought, this is the perfect day to do this, because we get to celebrate with them. Give them a hand as they come up. We're going to celebrate. Come right here. Frank. Frank. We'll do it down here. This is cool, right? So... If you haven't met Frank and Gabrielle, the uh, Jacksons are a part of our family and members here. And these are two of their grandkids. And this is is Kevin. He's never been dedicated to the Lord. And so we're going to do that today, all right? You know what the Bible says? Psalm 127 says, children are a gift from God. They are his reward. You guys believe that? You know what I'm looking forward to? That grandchildren. Not anytime soon, but <laughs> grandchildren one day will be a gift from God. Is that right? Because oh. yes. Yes. you get to give them back. That's, yeah, that's it's great. awesome. They're a gift from God and we celebrate. We're celebrating you guys today because you are a gift from the living God and he loves you. It also says in Psalm 112, it says, Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who finds great delight in his commands. His children will be mighty in the land and the, the generation of the upright will be blessed. You know what that's saying? As you and I, the greatest gift you can give your grandkids is that you walk with Jesus. And the greatest gift you can give them is that right there, that you would, you would love God and that's contagious and it'll affect their life. So that's gonna be my prayer. One is that we, we dedicate you guys and your family to following Jesus and that'll pour into their lives. And then the Bible also says that we ought to be intentional like this whole message series has been about. That we be uh, people leading our families this way. Deuteronomy 6 says, These laws that I give you today are be upon your hearts. Impress them upon your children or grandchildren. Talk about them when you sit at home or when you walk along the road. When you lie down and when you get up. That we are to be talking and sharing about Jesus in our homes. And so today, we don't sprinkle water. We don't do a christening or anything like it. What we're doing is we're going to pray together that we would ask God that these two young men, especially Kevin here, that he would have a vibrant uh, relationship with Jesus, that God would draw his heart to himself, and that God would bless this family to be an example to him. Will you pray with me? Father in heaven, we give you thanks and praise for this family. We love them. We thank you for little Kevin. And God, right now, we don't know your will, but we believe you want to know him. We we believe you want to give him life in Jesus Christ. And so we pray that you would draw his heart to you. God, that he would fall madly in love with his Savior and his Creator. And God, would you use Gabrielle and and, uh, Frank and their whole family to be a living example of what it means to know Jesus. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Give God praise. Let's celebrate. Let's celebrate. Thank you, guys. Yeah, those are the moments we celebrate. We got to do that together. It's beautiful. You know, celebrating uh, isn't always easy because it's a heart thing. So I want to show you this other, this Feast of Tabernacles. Look at what the scripture says about it. Deuteronomy 16. It says, celebrate the festival of tabernacles for seven days after you've gathered the produce from your threshing threshing floor and your wine press. Be joyful. At your festival, you, your sons and daughters, your male and female servants, and the Levites, the foreigners, the fatherless, and the widows who live in your towns. For seven days, can you imagine a seven day party going on? For seven days, celebrate the festival to the Lord your God at the place the Lord will choose. For the Lord your God will bless you in all your harvest, in all the work of your hands, and your joy will be complete. And that's what God wants for us is joy, this abiding joy that lives inside of every single one of us. And this festival of tabernacles was a reminder to live a life of joy. And for seven days, they would offer offerings to God and they would feast and they would have fun and they would sing and they would dance and they would, they would worship God. And this fun that they had was God and fun mixed together. And I mentioned this earlier, some of us have a hard time bringing those two things together. Maybe it's because you had a really stuffy, cranky Sunday school teacher from second grade and they squeezed every bit of fun out of church. Can I tell you, it's meant to be fun. That when we come to God, we're supposed to have joy as we worship Him. Or maybe we've bought into the notion that, look, uh, if I'm going to have fun, I, it means I've got to be sinning to have fun. That, that couldn't be any further from the truth. Because when you get a taste of real, genuine, God-centered fun, it blows the other kind of stuff out of the water. That real joy comes with God right in the middle of it. That we can worship Him with joy in our hearts. That's being lit, right, guys? It's Being lit? It's making sure they're awake being lit. Did you notice we were commanded, go back a, a verse, we're commanded to be joyful, be joyful at your festival. That's a command. We are told, listen, you, you have a choice here. It's a command because it's a choice that you and I can choose to have joy. You, uh, your sons and daughters, your male and female servants, that, that's your family. You got to lead them in joy and enjoying God. But he also says, listen, the foreigners, the fatherless, and the widows, now those are people, it would have been much tougher to have joy. You're missing someone very valuable and important in your life, or you're living in a foreign land, and God says the same thing to them. Be joyful. God wants us to have joy because it's the best thing for us physically, emotionally, spiritually, relationally. Every single one of those things is better in our life when you and I choose what? Joy. And if you're having a hard time finding joy because you resonate with somebody like a fatherless or the widow or somebody who's going through something, can I tell you, you can still choose joy. In fact, the Apostle Paul says... In Philippians 4.4, 4, rejoice in the Lord always. Rejoice in the Lord always. That's a, that's a command, isn't it? That you and I have the choice every single day and every moment of the day that you and I can choose joy. So that's, that was Apostle Paul. I mean, he had like this direct connection from God. That, that, listen, where Paul wrote this passage in Philippians, he's just writing from a prison cell like that pastor that's, that's imprisoned in Turkey right now, simply because of his faith in Jesus, he's in prison not knowing if he's ever going to get out because he was just proclaiming Jesus Christ. And in that situation, Paul says, rejoice in the Lord always. I say, how is that possible? I can tell you how it's not possible. It's not, it's not when we just settle for happiness. Happiness is fleeting. Happiness is, I feel good right here in this moment because things are going my way. And so I can feel good about myself and good about life. And then when something else happens, when someone says something or some uh, bad thing happens to me, I lose every bit of good feeling in my life. You know what? That's not joy. That's happiness. But joy is possible in the Lord. It's not found in our circumstances. It's not found in what other people think about us. It's found in Christ. That's where we find our joy. You want to lead your family well? Have joy. I think this is just as important as anything else we've talked about in this series. If you want to lead your family well, have joy. Don't be a grump. Don't put on that grumpy face. Because it's easy to paint the smile on or or for the job or for the boss or when you're out in public and then you get home and what do you do? You You get grumpy. Can I tell you, that's not spiritual leadership in your home. It's found in joy. It's found in joy. Don't bring your work home with you. If you're bringing all the stress and pressure of your job, you need to be here the next series. But listen, there's a way to leave that at the door. And when you walk in your home, you walk in with what? Joy. If you've got other relationship problems and it's bleeding over in your family, you've got to quit that. And say, in my home, I'm going to have what? Joy. And the bills may not be stacking up quite right and you are getting behind and you've got this financial pressure. But you can still have what? Joy. Rejoice in the Lord always. This festival of tabernacles was joyful and they celebrated God. It didn't matter what else was happening in our lives. Today, God, I'm celebrating you. And yeah, let's just be honest. When you're joyful, that doesn't mean the rest of your family's joyful. It doesn't always work that way, does it? I can't make someone else have joy, but I can tell you what, when I'm not joyful. Chances are someone else in my family is. My wife is so full of joy. She is a pleasure to be with because joy comes out of her. She was here in the first service. And, it's just, and when I'm in that, not in that mood, she's usually in that mood. And then if she's not by chance and I'm not, then my kids are goofy and silly and that rubs off on me too. Because joy is contagious. I mean, you can't give it to someone, but you can infect others with joy. And in a family you're close enough together you rub off on each other pretty quick. Now, infections work the other way, quite often in a home, right? When the flu runs through like three times in a row, and <laughs> everybody's got it together. I can still remember a time the kids were so small, Shay wasn't even born yet. They were teeny tiny. And Addie and Dane gave it to each other. And we all slept in the living room. And we'd hear woo, woo, woo. And I had one bucket, and I'd get under that kid, and blah, and I'd go and clean it, and you're okay. I wasn't good at that part, but you're okay, and uh, mama comfort, and by the time we laid back down and got comfortable, and the other one would do it, and we're like, I mean, all night, we were, you know, passing the buckets around. Good times. That stuff's infectious in a home, but can I tell you what? Joy is also infectious in the home. You can infect each other with joy. Now, you might have to wear people down, but it's infectious. So let's just talk about some application, guys, as we wrap up. You've got on your Connect card three different decisions to make today or next steps to make. And the first one's so cool. It just says, I will make time to have fun with my family. The key word is make time. If you're, if you're so focused on getting everything done and not having fun as a family, you are missing out on part of your role as a spiritual leader in your home. You have to make time for some fun. That means you'll have to say no to something else in order to make time for fun. But that would be my first step that some of you might want to make today. Secondly, is that you'd be filled with joy. I'm asking God to fill me with his joy. Listen. God is the source of joy. You cannot have joy apart from relationship with the living God. And sometimes we lose sight of him and we lose sight of his joy. And so today, if that's you, it's just asking God to get, again, to fill you by his spirit and to give you the fruit of his spirit, like love and joy and peace. Joy second on the list. He said, if you want joy, then you just take a big drink of me and I'll fill you with every ounce of joy you could ever want found in me maybe that's what you need today and I listen I realize this if joy is found in God then if you do not have a personal relationship with him it is impossible for you to have joy you can have fleeting happiness, but you'll never have this abiding, deep-down joy that carries you through even the darkest of days. Joy. And I'm going to invite you in just a second if that's you to say yes to opening your heart to God and letting him and his joy come in. Last step is this. I will celebrate the successes of my family members. I mean you will go out of the way as a spiritual leader in your home to make the people in your home feel special, loved, cared for and honored that's spiritual leadership in your home let's pray together father in heaven what kind of god would want to give us his joy In a world that would love to steal our joy and the circumstances of life that try to take our joy, there is a God in heaven who says, celebrate, sound the trumpets, be full of joy. I want you to go through this life full of me and full of hope and full of life. And he says, I want your families to operate that way. Don't let this world grind you down. And so Lord, I pray for the families represented in this room. God, if any of them are lacking time together and not celebrating together, I pray that you would bring conviction and and very practical steps that they will spend time enjoying one another in the days ahead. There's a sheet that we gave them in their insert. There's an insert in the bulletin. There's a whole bunch of ideas that they can use in order to, as a family, enjoy one another's company. I pray right now that our families would do those things. Lord, I pray for the moms and the dads and the grandparents and the guardians in this room that have been entrusted with families. And Lord, I pray that they'll go out of their way to make the kids feel special and to celebrate their special moments and certainly their spiritual moments in their life. And lastly, Lord, I want to pray for our joy. And Lord, if there's someone here struggling to have joy, it hasn't just been today or yesterday, but it's weeks or months, and this joy thing has been invading you, and you just can't seem to find joy. I want to pray, God, that you would move them to joy today, not found in anything else but in you. And if you're lacking joy because you're not sure about a relationship with Jesus Christ, the giver of joy, today you can invite him in. He's willing to forgive you. He loves you. He wants a relationship with you. He wants you to know his love and his peace and his joy in a practical way each every and every day. If that's you, if you'll slip your hand up and say, I want to pray and ask the God of the universe to come into my heart and give me the joy that he promises, would will will you raise your hand with me? Say, God, I want you in my life. I'm inviting you in. Take all the other stuff and replace it with joy. Jesus, I believe you're enough. Thank you for coming in. Give me your joy in Jesus' name. God, we give you praise for that. If you've been wrestling with joy, you're a believer in Jesus, but you still, this joy thing's been evading you. While we sing, there's gonna be people at the back table and they would love to pray with you. Sometimes a spiritual breakthrough comes because you confess something to someone and they pray with you and they pray with you and God delivers you from something. So if that's you today and joy has been far from you today, you go pray with them and you ask God to give you his joy while we sing. God, fill us with your joy, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.